And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Brides and beers come together in the perfect mix When you put them together you can really fix up a compost pile that is so quick Thermophilic action, it's so hot and it's nice and thick Brides and beans, yo, I really do enjoy it It's kind of like the color of what I put in the toilet It's kind of off color, but my favorite color is these Browns and greens, browns and greens Browns and greens, browns and greens and greens coming at you what's up everybody <laughs> welcome to no dunks i'm tas Mellis alongside me that is a catchy track uh one half of the top shot hot boys it's trey kirby hey oh thanks for joining in jd of course jd is here making the magic happen yes it's jason though jd what's going on hello uh, not much Sh- uh, small crew today yeah, it's a tight one. Holding it down. That's right. Just the browns and the greens. Browns and the greens. <laughs> I don't know which is which. Uh, <laughs> they both have their pluses and minuses, I would say. <laughs> right, yeah. I was going to call you and I the browns and greens there, but I, I stopped. I was like, who, where do you want to be, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's tough to say. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know which is more vital to a compost bin. They're equal, uh, man. They're equal. You got to have them both. So Harder. I guess both grounds or both greens and JD is the compost bin actually making the combustion happen in there nice 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 i guess carbons are harder to find the browns are harder to find i don't know but that's great the compost jd bring it all together no doubt because we don't have a jay skeets he'll be back tomorrow quick little vacay for him no lee ellis he takes a long vacay he'll be back next week uh but we'll be holding it down so no worries no worries you chilly uh, there, Tess? What's going on here? Are you yeah. wearing a blanket on your shoulders? Is this a new shawl you've acquired over the weekend? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I am cold. Uh, this, <laughs> this is not a look by any means. I'm not trying to uh, trying to wear the latest mink fashion. No, this is this. I'm just cold in my garage. So I decided, you know, I'm comfortable here, comfortable with myself. I don't have to try and tough it out. Uh, I got some goosebumps under this shawl, but yeah, it's a little, it's a little chilly in here. I didn't turn the heater on, so it's a little cold. Uh, but you know, I'll be fine. I know. I'm sure you were cold uh, fishing this weekend, Trey, or maybe it wasn't that cold. Oh uh, no, man. Uh, sometimes it was cold. The water was cold. You know, being up waist deep. Uh, certainly my legs and, uh, my browns and greens were getting cold as well. Uh, but you know, when you're in the water, you're soaking wet. Uh, I was happy to be cold at that point. So yeah, it was a fun time. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got a lot to get to on this show. We've got a wedgie. We've got a team sale. We've got big beef performances, of course, multiple dunk of the year candidates and like fishing itself. We're going to keep you waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for Trey's big catch story. Uh, That's a lot like my actual catch. Eight hours, Tass. Eight hours I was out there fishing. Oh, Uh, my God. Luckily, it was worth it. (laughs) Luckily, it was totally worth it. Yeah, stay tuned for that. It will be worth it to stay to the end of the show to see what Trey caught. But let's get to our standard Monday show, the winners and losers of the weekend in the NBA. Trey, what's your biggest winner from the NBA weekend? I hate to say it, but I got to be a non-biased analyst here, Tassie. <laughs> a great weekend for the New York Knicks. Won a couple of tight games on Friday and Sunday. They're up to 500 now, so let's get into it. That Friday win came against the Grizzlies. Kind of the Knicks' Western Conference power uh, counterpoint, where they're at in the standings. Kind of right. a similar style of play. Both being, you know, defensive-focused teams that do enough to get it done offensively. Weird one for the Knicks, though. Trailed almost the entire game. They were down by 13 with six minutes left. But R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Alec Burks combined (laughs) for 19 of the Knicks' last 21. They made a bunch of clutch free throws, eight for eight from the line. I'm sure Lee was loving that. The Grizzlies missed a couple of them. R.J. Barrett ties things up 
with a layup under 10 seconds left. The Knicks get a stop on the other side. We go into overtime. Alec Burks stayed hot, scored nine points. RJ Barrett, a clutch three in OT, snatching victory from the jaws of defeat against a quality opponent in the Grizzlies. And I love seeing uh, that the Knicks did it a little bit differently here. It wasn't just the defense. They scored a ton of points. They scored 133 on a good Grizzlies uh, team, a good defensive team. Obviously, this was overtime, so there was uh, uh, five more minutes to score points. But still, 133 is a big number. They did give up 129. Also not very Knicksy, but you got to be able to win games more than one way uh, in the NBA. So that was a great one, I thought, for the Knicks. On Sunday, another clutch win, almost the flippity-flip of their Friday win because the Knicks led the Raptors big time in this one. They were up 18 in the third quarter, but the court got wet, and the Raptors used their large talons for grips. Made a huge <laughs> comeback, a 37-15 run. They took a lead into the fourth quarter, but have no fear. Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, and Alec Burks are here. They scored the Knicks' last 19 points in this one. Barrett hits another clutch three-pointer off a dish from Julius Randle in the corner, right about a minute left there. The Knicks pull off... Another win, thanks to a double dribble from Pascal Siakam. Uh, Tassie, what'd you think of this uh, play? Mm. I saw you tweeting about it. Uh, Not smooth by Pascal there. Oh, that was a rough one for Pascal, no doubt. He got it in the lane with an opportunity to do something with it, and then he just put a second hand on the ball, and then he put it down again. That's just something you don't see in the NBA very often. And then took a couple seconds but then he complained to the ref video review that what nobody wants to see that again I mean I'm not on this uh, you know Pascal hate train that a lot of Raptors fans are a lot of people are disgusted by Pascal's play it's up and down but he's still a really good player Uh, he, he hasn't played to expectations I guess because expectations were so high but man yeah if there's if there is one play that's a microcosm of the Raptors season. It's that, the chance to do something with the game and then put both hands on the ball. I mean, that was oh, nuts. <laughs> like, that's, it's 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 just a, it's a real, like, grade school move. I, I hate to put totally. Pascal into that category, but, man, uh, yeah, that was, that was terrible. The Knicks, I don't know, they deserve to win that game. I mean, the Raptors didn't have a couple guys, no doubt. Sure. Um, but... Yeah, I, I want to just focus like you did there on the Knicks side of things because uh, the Raps are struggling. They're in the 11th spot, but R.J. Barrett uh, is a bit of a story for me. You know, he uh, had a bad rookie season. Actually, Michael Grange has a great article on Sportsnet. Uh, the Canadian side of things being that he's from Mississauga, Ontario. Shout out to Mississauga. But R.J. Barrett had a tough rookie year, and that was very foreign to him. And the way he's bounced back after having that tough year and not making either of the all-rookie teams, he, he told Michael Grange he was pissed off about that. That really bothered him. I don't know if that's uh, been public or not, but he's really worked on his shot. That's where he was really struggling. He wasn't going to be able to to be a great player without a shot. And, uh, yeah, he's balling. You said that the big clutch three on Sunday late. Uh, he's been playing really well recently. Last 41 games, he's shooting 46% from deep. That's Ooh. That's nuts. Uh, That's good. After watching the first year of him, I didn't think he would be anywhere near that. But, yeah, he went into the the offseason, worked with Drew Hanlon on his shot, and now he's got it. Uh, I don't think that shot's going away. I don't think this is a fluke by any means. He started the year off a little cold. But this is what the Knicks absolutely need, obviously, besides Julius Randle. Like, you mentioned Alec Burks a couple times. He's going to be good. But, you know, you can't really count on him to be a star player. But R.J. Barrett's got that potential. Uh, Do you see that? potential in him to like to be a a number two guy I thought he was super impressive over the weekend you mentioned it the shooting has really come around the guy's been a driver for the first year of his career still continues to do it in in this season as well putting the ball on on the floor getting to the hoop you saw that on the Friday game where he hits this layup to tie things up that was a really great take that's where his game is based around but you got to be able to stretch the court as well, especially if you're going to be handling the ball as often as the Knicks want him to. He's having a good season, 17-6-3, 45 from the field, 38 from three. But like you're saying, he's shooting 42% from three-point line in the year 2021, up to nearly 20 points per game after the All-Star team. And as you saw this weekend, looking pretty comfortable in crunch time, 20 points uh, on 7-8 of eight shooting in the fourth quarter and overtime over the weekend. That's just impressive stuff. I mean, who knows what his total ceiling is? Is he going to be a multiple-time All-Star? 
Possibly. Could he be a number one guy? I think that's possible, too, if the shooting continues to be real, and then he's able to add a little bit of playmaking here, but... The combination between him and Julius Randle, with Randle upping his playmaking, his shooting ability, I think has been instrumental to the Knicks. And then like you're saying, Alec Burks, is he super reliable? Probably not. But at this point for the Knicks, it's like you need uh, a solid game from Burks, or you need a solid game from Derrick Rose, or you need a solid game from Emmanuel Quickly. Just somebody else who can handle the ball and score a little bit from the perimeter. When one of those other guys takes uh, has a nice game, it takes a little bit of pressure off RJ. Super encouraging, though, I think, from the, for the Knicks, especially after his rookie season. I'd forgotten that he didn't make any all-rookie teams. Pretty weird, especially for a big market player, but... He looks one of the more improved sophomores this year. Really good stuff from R.J. Barrett. Yeah, and Thibodeau's not going to just let uh, anybody be a volume guy. And you could see that coming from a rookie on the Knicks, you know, pre-Tom Thibodeau's. He would just, you know, be allowed to shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. And then the numbers would come. But R.J. Barrett's doing doing it efficiently. Uh, So I, I think this is for real in that he's turned it around from year one to year two. He's only 20 years old. This isn't coming in year four, year five, when he's in his mid-20s. So I think this is a, a nice, quick turnaround after, you know, being a bit, a, bit, a bit jolted from year one where, yeah, he'd come from winning and winning and winning and winning at Duke. And then all of a sudden, whoa, this is real life. This is strange. But to be able to bounce back uh, and, and to really work on his game, kudos to him. Let's move on to uh, another young team with full of young players that's trying to make it in this league, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They had a really good weekend for a billion reasons. First, they beat the Bulls on Sunday. Sorry, Trey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but the, the Wolves, they win, but they still want to lose. They're still the worst team in the league. They want to keep that draft pick, which is top three protected. And they're, again, they're the worst team in the league, so that's a bonus for them. It was also a victory on the one-year anniversary of Carl Anthony Towns' losing his mom. The Wolves dedicated a seat uh, to Jackie Towns in the arena. And it was only fitting that Carl Anthony Towns had a real good game, clutch shots down the stretch, getting set up by D'Angelo Russell with 45 seconds left to splash a three home. His pops was in the building. Actually, his pops was seen with head coach Chris Finch on the floor and GM Gerson Rosas after the game. They chatted it up. Uh, I, I like that Chris Finch as a head coach, taking chances, he put D'Angelo Russell to the bench in this one, and D'Angelo Russell responded coming off the bench with his best game, I thought, of the season. Uh, you don't usually say efficiency and D'Angelo Russell in the same sentence, but I think he was focused coming off the bench, 27 points on 69% shooting. So I like that from Chris Finch. And uh, the sale of a basketball team is finally happening in Minnesota. <laughs> it's not to Kevin Garnett and to a, a group with KG. Uh, unfortunately, I think for a lot of basketball fans, but to Alex Rodriguez, what? Uh, that came out of nowhere for me, anyways. Apparently, him and his partner Mark Laurie, who tried to buy the Nets or the the New York Mets, I should say, the New York Nets. No, the New York Mets. Uh, <laughs> uh, they they failed there, so they're buying the Minnesota Timberwolves, and it's a letter of intent. the 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 T's and I's have not been crossed and dotted yet, uh, but it's going to happen in the next. Uh, couple years after they they figure out all the numbers and and um there's going to be a little transition period where there's a mentorship by glenn taylor but either way it's happening alex rodriguez apparently was an idol of carl anthony towns growing up which is kind of strange to say but carl anthony towns post game uh, was asked about it and he said oh i was a huge alex rodriguez fan i remember my mom taking me to walgreens i saw an alex rodriguez jersey it was a 35 dollar replica like janky jersey it wasn't authentic jersey whatsoever but i put it on and i haven't taken it off since and he kind of implied that they just walked out of the store with it after buying some other stuff like frozen food stuff they didn't charge them or anything uh but he seems pumped that alex rodriguez is going to take ownership and uh in minnesota they have obviously had a long 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 time of ineptitude where they just haven't been able to make the playoffs other than that quick one with jimmy butler and so this is big for them people thinking Alex Rodriguez, he played in Seattle. They're going to move the team there. Uh, But it's going to be part of the contract that they can't move the team there, that they have to stay in Minnesota, and it feels like that's real. Like, obviously, after Glenn Taylor moves on and all said and done, they could move the team to Seattle. But there's also talk about expansion with the league, and it. I don't know. I think A-Rod was a player in a real non-sexy city in Seattle, and I think he could be an owner in, in, the, in the same sort of role. And so I don't buy that they're moving the team whatsoever. So 
all in all, a good weekend for them. Even though they win, they're staying in that that area where they they could get another help, uh, an, another top pick, along with Anthony Edwards, obviously to go with Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell if he sticks around. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I keep on hoping the Timberwolves are going to turn around. I keep on talking about them, but they're still in the basement of the NBA with an all-NBA talent like Carl Anthony Towns, which is bonkers. And he still plays great, and his defense is better, uh, but they just can't win. Either way, I think this is a, a nice weekend for them, Trey. Yeah, obviously I didn't like seeing him beat the Bulls, but that was a great win for the Timberwolves. And Towns was money at the end, hitting the big three. A nice moment with him and his father and Zach Levine after the game, uh, embracing on the sideline. Levine obviously was a Timberwolf before he was on the Bulls, so him and Towns went through some stuff, surely, when they were younger, earlier in their careers. And yeah, the Alex Rodriguez thing certainly surprised me enough that I was like... Is this the same Alex Rodriguez? Is this mine and JD's dentist, Dr. A-Rod? Is there another (laughs) Alex Rodriguez out there who's buying into the Minnesota Timberwolves? But in Shams' tweet, it did say A-Rod. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) let's see what happens. Uh, Who knows what Alex Rodriguez is going to be like as an owner? I would think that one of the first orders of business for him would maybe be getting Kevin Garnett's number retired because that's a, a big beef. Um, between KG and the Timberwolves. KG is obviously the most legendary Timberwolf that has ever played for the franchise. Doesn't have his jersey number retired because there was beef between him and Glenn Taylor with the way that uh, things went down with KG after the end of his career. So it'll be interesting to see if a guy like Alex Rodriguez, who, you know, understands the importance of being honored by your teams and, you know, how, how franchises can honor the legacy that they've built... Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that number gets hung up kind of right away and if the if the Wolves are able to capture some of that sex appeal uh, mm-hmm. that Chris Finch mentioned. He's like, I don't know what to think, but definitely brings some sex appeal. And if you've seen that picture of Alex Rodriguez staring himself in the face in a mirror, you can't disagree. Uh, I don't know. A great weekend, though, for the Timberwolves. Got a nice win. Had a nice moment uh, with Towns and Levine and Towns' dad there. And hey, A-Rod, there's some buzz around the Timberwolves. That's good news. Yeah, the the word sex was uh, <laughs> came out of the mouth of head coach Chris Finch, and now it's in my brain. I called you know, <laughs> a Seattle a non-sexy franchise, although it's a sexy city. I love the city, but it, it's not, not not as far as franchises go. You know, it's not as far as, as sports markets go, but it, it would make sense that they expand there if there is expansion for for years adam silver said no we're not expanding but now he's sort of opened it up so it sure seems like seattle would get one of those teams and hey maybe they'll be sexy they're going to be they're going to share an arena i think with the seattle kraken the nhl team uh if if it does happen so uh sex 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 it sells and uh, i'm sure i'm sure there will be a team in in seattle one day trey what's your second winner of the weekend It was an incredible weekend for beef aficionados around the world. All the beefers were buzzing because we've got a new biggest beef of the season. JD, roll that beautiful beef footage. Ennis Cantor grabbed 30 rebounds. That's a beef and a half. Oh, baby. We got a beef off. No dunks. We love roast beef, which is rebounds. JD! JD, cut the music! JD, cut the music! We gotta go back to the butcher shop because there's more! We doubled up on big beefs this weekend. JD, roll that second beautiful beef footage. Jonas Valanciunas had 22 rebounds. That's a lot of roast beef. Two beefs in one weekend? That's a beef bonanza! No dunks. We love roast beef, which is rebounds. Oh yeah! Yeah! Two and a half beefs on the weekend. 30 for Ennis Canner, biggest beef yet, the Meat Mountain. The big Montana, the beef and a half. I love how the bench exploded when he grabbed the 30th rebound. Yeah! They're all going wild on the sidelines. (laughs) The first 30 rebound game since 2018, just the fourth in the 2000s. Tass, can you name the other three players who have a 30 rebound game 
in the 2000s. Ooh, I think Dwight had one. Yep, he was the most recent, 2018, with the Hornets. Uh, Drummond? No, Andre Drummond, a surprise. I'm surprised he hasn't got the 30, but maybe in the future. Whoa, now it gets hard. There was a big 31-31 game. This was a uh, Oh, this K- was a K- Love. One. Kevin, Kevin Love. Love. Yeah, that was 2010. And then the other one, the other one is the hardest for sure. Uh, mm. <laughs> known as a rebounder or not? No, I wouldn't say known as a rebounder. A big guy, though, obviously. Got a couple of titles. Uh, was a part of a huge trade with another 30 rebound guy. Um... Had a lot of off-court stuff happening towards the end of his career that was a lot more notable than his on-court performance. Going to be a tough one. Andrew Bynum had a 30-rebound game in 2012 against the Spurs. I don't know if Tim Duncan was playing in that game, but if you got 30 rebounds against Tim Duncan, that's pretty impressive. Great stuff, though. 30 boards for Cantor. Doesn't come around all that often. As for Valanciunas, this was another nasty beef for him. Laying the smackdown, grabbing the boards, throwing guys around. 21 straight games for Valanciunas with 10 or more rebounds. That's the longest streak this season. Quality beefing. And I got to give a shout out to BigBeefTracker.com. Instrumental in tracking these beefs, and they've actually really beefed up their site if I do say so myself. <laughs> They've got the real-time tracker. I use it every single night to see if people are getting close. They've added all-time stats. They've added leaderboards. Cantor in the lead, tied with Rudy Gobert at four. Three for Valanchunas. They got links to the highlights, and over the weekend, Big Beef Tracker began pledging a dollar for each rebound in a Big Beef performance through the end of the season, including the playoffs, oh, that's great. to raise money for Feeding America, an organization trying to put an end to food insecurity across the United States. The Beefiverse just keeps growing. I love it. Great stuff from the Big Beef Tracker. Wow. And a real-time tracker. You can literally see it. A real-time tracker, If yeah. somebody is getting close to 20 rebounds, that is phenomenal. That is amazing that that happens. Yeah, that, that is great stuff. Jonas Valanciunas, it's, uh, oh, there's so much that, that just happened these last few minutes. First, um, Jonas Valanciunas is great to watch just as a, a different kind of player. Like, they go to him in the post at the beginning of games. I think I think they still lead the league in points in the paint because of guys like Jonas Valanciunas. It's, it's just a different watch watching the Grizzlies. You think, oh, young, exciting, all these guys, but they start uh, going to Jonas, so it's a different watch. Uh, look, just quickly back to the uh, the beefs and the production there. We've we've fully been fully memified here, right? Like it feels right now. you got the kids chiming in. Uh, that's that's the kind of production. I think it's it's reached another level now when you get your kid, <laughs> throwing your kids in there. That's right. The beef averse just keeps expanding. You know, it's a weekend beef. Uh, so I'm doing it during the day. You know, Ada wandered by. She heard me saying that's a beef and a half. She wanted to get <laughs> in on. I was like, sure, it'll be funny. Little did I know the next day there's going to be another beef. We've got three and four days. And at that point, Isla was like, hey, next time there's a roast beef, let me get a line in here. Your wish has been granted, my daughter. <laughs> Step in here and tell them about the beef bonanza. Uh, so, yeah, nice. it's a, we're beefing worldwide. And it's just, a, I mean, at this point, you can call our household the Kerr Beefs. <laughs> boo, boo. Loser of the weekend. No, right that's there. fine. Loser of no, the that's weekend. fine. Uh, speaking of beefy, uh, I watched Zion Williamson yesterday. And I know we, we, we don't really have a dedicated segment to him, but uh, a segment dedicated to specifically to Zion, but I just wanted to mention, like, now I just talked about Jonas Valanciunas and how that looks different. Zion Williamson is now bringing the ball up as the point guard. It's like, uh, you know, watching any, I don't know, any pickup game where you just see like the, the biggest guy, if he's the best player, he'll bring the ball up. Uh, it just looks weird with Zion Williamson bringing it up because they just, they just said, all right, Lonzo Ball, you're out. Zion Williamson, you're just our point guard. Eric Bledsoe starts too, but doesn't matter. Uh, Zion had 38 against the Cavs on Sunday, uh, and he was able to bring it up. You just set a pick for him, and he's going to be able to get downhill and find guys too. He's 16 of 22. Uh, it's just bonkers what he's doing. And uh, we had, I just had to mention him. And when Beef came up, had to <laughs> throw, throw him in there because it's, it's nuts, man. It, it, I know you're a Zion man. It's just, totally. It's just so strange watching that guy uh, be able to bring it up and play point guard and play big man and rebound. And, uh, I mean, they're asking him to do a heck of a lot, but uh, he's obviously capable. 
Yeah, you mentioned it on what you need to know today. Like, how is this season and kind of the emergence of point guard Zion Williamson going to change the way that the Pelicans want to build around him? Because, I mean, he's already the best paint scorer in the league. So they've already got their interior scoring taken care of. Yeah. But you still need a big guy. Like, you kind of still do need a big guy because he's only 6'7", and he's going to be playing a lot on the perimeter. Uh, So they're going to have to kind of find somebody who can block shots and shoot three-pointers. That's a, a position that is very much in demand in the NBA right now. But otherwise, I think you're going to want to put a lot of shooting around him. And who knows if that means Lonzo sticks around, if Eric Bledsoe sticks around, if Brandon Ingram is a part of the future. They're going to have a lot of questions to answer, but they're good questions because you got a guy that can score inside basically anytime he wants to. He can shoot the three okay. The percentages are all right. Obviously, it's not a big part of his game, and we'll see where the passing goes. He's uh, coming into the NBA. He was known to have a little bit of ball handling skills, some passing vision, and if he's going to be playing out on the perimeter, bringing the ball up, and able to put so much pressure on the rim, obviously, there are going to be people wide open for some three-pointers in the corners, on the wings eventually. As his game continues to grow, the sky's the limit right now. Yeah, it's... it's uh... It's exciting to think about a team that's just super athletic with Zion Williamson as the showcase piece in the middle. Like Kyra Lewis, they have as their first round pick. He could play with him. That's really exciting. Obviously, Brandon Ingram uh, is still super, super, super good. And kind of, they're still their go-to guy a little bit at the end of games. I shouldn't say their go-to guy, but off the bounce kind of guy, just get your own shot kind of guy. Like they have enough, uh, you know, with those guys just scoring at the end of games, but uh, you know, the, the Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe thing hasn't worked out. Um, but even Lonzo Ball kind of fits, like, yeah. strategically. Like, let's just get up and down and run. So um, that's exciting stuff. But, yeah, they, they got to change. They got to change their pieces around Zion now that they found this freaky deaky guy and how freaking good he is uh, in the NBA. Moving on. We saw so many dunks on Sunday in the NBA. So just had to mention that these. Okay, we had Lonnie Walker. It was a big dunk. Uh, against the Spurs, but or, or for, from the Spurs, but I think Paul George's was even bigger at night uh, later on in the evening. So Paul George, a monstrous dunk. He's playing masterfully for the Clippers right now. Throwing it down Ooh. on rookie Isaiah Stewart. That was so mean. I know people don't want to talk about Paul George, but he is playing like a superstar right now. And earlier in the day, you got Miles Bridges' dunk with the Charlotte Hornets. This was nasty. He cocked it back so hard (laughs) and threw it down on Clint Capella, who went after the block. (laughs) Great reaction from LaMelo Ball uh, with with the pink matching suit. Yeah, that is nasty. So we really had three big dunks. Three, you could call them dunk of the year candidates on one day. We had Kawhi Leonard's last week. We also had Mo Harkless's last week. I didn't think anything could be in the conversation with Anthony Edwards' dunk a little bit earlier this season on Utah Watanabe when he threw it down. This was the dunk of the year when it happened because Watanabe went after it, mm. and he got tossed to the ground. But I think we can have a conversation now, Trey. I think there there is a conversation. I think we do have one that rivals Anthony Edwards. So, you know, of all those, who had the better dunk this season? Is it Anthony Edwards or is it somebody else? I love that it's a conversation because it felt like it was going to be a lock. Anthony Edwards, it was kind of hard to remember even another dunk that was coming close. So I went back and watched the Edwards dunk a few times. Got to make sure you're not caught in the moment, but I'm still going bridges here. Yeah. Because it's basically the Anthony Edwards dunk, but everything's just tuned up a little bit. Right. Jumps from a little farther back, cocks the hammer back a little farther, dunks on a bigger guy, a legit rim protector, and Clint Capella. And of course, you've got Eric Collins going absolutely wild. On Hornets Twitter, they called this the dunk of the diddly decade. I love oh it. God. Even the cl- the finish is like so clean. No rattle on the ball. Uh, it was uh, it was funny though. It was, uh, they were basically like, "How come we can't stop the game right now?" <laughs> you know, they just wanted to see it again. That was that would have been in the mix for dunk of the year if Clint Capella wasn't there. Just how high up in the air Miles Bridges is, how far back he cocked the ball. But to add in one of the better rim protectors in the league exquisite yeah i i do agree with you that not only a, a, a great rim protector like he's been so good for the hawks at blocking shots i think he was the reason they beat zach levine in his 50 on friday because he goes after everything but he was in the position 
to try and block it. You know, Utah Watanabe mm-hmm. was kind of caught underneath a little bit, so there was no way he was getting to it. I mean, it looked cooler because Watanabe went on his back and fell, and everybody can, you know, chuckle at Utah Watanabe. So maybe the after effect, maybe if you're just like visually, you're like, oh, yeah, he's on the floor. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he kind of just got caught underneath. There was no way he was going to stop him. Clint Capella was able to get to the restriction circle and actually get up there and then just be a part of an incredible poster. He was hanging there and then Miles Bridges, yeah, amped it up. The cockback is bigger than Anthony Edwards. Like that is like a practice dunk, but a guy got in the way. And so he was just, he was just nasty. I mean, that, that is the most vicious dunk of the season. No doubt. Maybe you like that a guy's on the ground, but that is the best dunk for me. That wins. So that's uh, I was a phenomenal Sunday for just jam after jam after jam. It started with that. Yeah, and then we got the Lonnie Walker. And then we got the PG, who's balling for the Clippers, who now are on the, the hot, longest streak, the hottest team in the NBA. Yeah, just poor timing for Paul George to have his dunk on the same weekend. Uh, because this is impressive, too, just coming out of like a pick-and-roll ball handling to be able to explode like that. Uh, just doesn't quite hold a candle to Miles Bridges. Okay. The hits keep on coming. What else you got, Trey? What's another winner of the weekend? Great weekend for dunks. Great weekend for no dunks because we got ourselves a wedgie. Mm-hmm. That's a nice one. Alfonso McKinney goes for the dunk. Blake Griffin blocks it into the rim. And when they show the close-up, look how deep that thing is wedged in. You can see the compression on the ball <laughs> getting squeezed in, squeezing those bladders. This was nice. Number 37 on the season, on pace for 54 on the year, thanks to WedgieTracker.com for the math. Pretty good one. Yeah. Sarah Blakely must love that wedgie because it was real squeezed in there. You're right. (laughs) It was tight. It was compressed. Beautiful stuff. Yeah. A a nice dunk block, not a layup one. Actually, Mike Breen called it rare on the broadcast. He's got to go to WedgieTracker.com and see. Like these dunk blocks happen more they often happen. than you think. Even even for me, I I, I do forget. But WedgieTracker.com, uh, just like the big beef tracker, an incredible website. You see everyone like real quick on the website. It loads really nicely. Really impressed with the technology there. So uh, head over to WedgieTracker.com. If you ever have question about this year's wedgies, we're up to 37. Still on pace to fly by 50, although the pace has slowed down a little bit. Still, the modern-day record should be set this season in a shortened season, which is... Let's hope so. It doesn't make sense. Um, I'm going to give uh, a winner of the weekend to the Brooklyn Nets, and, and not so much anything that happened on the floor. They lost on, on Saturday. Uh, they were shorthanded. The whole Kyrie-Dennis Schroeder thing happened on Saturday. But uh, they made a nice little signing for a team that has championship aspirations and pay their big names, a lot of money. You need guys to fill out the roster. And they got a guy in Alizé Johnson who signed two 10-day contracts recently for them. And they were able to sign him to a long-term deal after those contracts expired. $4.1 million, multiple years. It's just a great signing for them. He's 24, second-round pick. He toiled around the G League. Probably give credit to the Raptors uh, and, and for the way they produced a, a, a solid player in Alizé Johnson, because, you know, their player development was awesome. He played in their G League on their G League team. He could have got more money elsewhere, but he wants to play under Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and those guys. And like Bruce Brown, Alizé Johnson is a guy who can play off other players. And, you know, he's got the push shot game. He's got the touch around the rim. Uh, on March 24th, he had 23 and 15. That was his debut for the Nets. So, uh Good stuff for Alzheimer Johnson. It's not like a, a Lou Dork contract where he's going to be a, a starter and earning you know money that's way under his value. But at the same time, uh, they got him at a good, good, good number. Uh, so credit to them. Uh, you know, Michael Warshower, Michael Warshower uh, saying in the chat here, he was a pacer first. That's totally <laughs> true. Michael Warshower, as I try and say your name. Yeah, but he played with the Raptors in, the, in their G League, okay? That's that's where he was made. I don't know where he was made, but either way, it's a nice <laughs> signing. Also, a great thing for the uh, Brooklyn Nets is that Steve Nash kind of, kind of, kind of left the door open for Spencer Dinwiddie to come back this season, hmm. um, which is obviously an afterthought. You got about a billion great players on the Nets, and you have Spencer Dinwiddie, who's tore his ACL earlier in the season, didn't think he would uh, 
have any chance of coming back, but Nash said his rehab is ahead of schedule, so he will be around the team at some point. doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play, but he literally, he literally could play, uh, which is nuts. And uh, I just thought that was a great sign for them. Also a great sign, I think, uh, Kevin Durant, his interview with ESPN, talking about the culture of, of the Nets and how everything is working out uh, for that team on that front. I thought it was just... Uh, a good weekend for Brooklyn Nets culture because, I mean, we know they've got the talent, but if everybody loves everybody and, like, DeAndre Jordan can be a starter one second and go to the bench for LaMarcus Aldridge and, and not play anymore, uh, and Kevin Durant you know, tells Rachel Nichols, we appreciate every guy, what he brings, 1 through 15. Like, DeAndre Jordan can just come be a practice guy or a raw, raw guy. I think they've got the, uh, you know, the, the culture to win a championship. So all that stuff you can't really feel, I think, is uh, is going pretty good for the Brooklyn Nets. All right, we'll get to uh, losers very, very shortly. We also have a fish to catch. Uh, but first, J.D., let's pay the bills, man. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Trey, let's get to our losers of the weekend. What's your first one here? Tough weekend for the Warriors, and in particular, James Wiseman. On Saturday night against the Rockets, Wiseman caught the ball on the wing after a pick and roll with Steph Curry. Goes up for a dunk on Kenyon Martin Jr., takes a little bit of contact, and unfortunately had an awkward landing, went to the floor. Now, some testing was done yesterday on Sunday with Wiseman and the Warriors team doctors. It was determined that he tore the meniscus in his right knee. They're still determining the course of action because there's a couple of different things you can do with a meniscus. You can be repaired. It can just be rest. uh, It can be removed. They all have different recovery times. There's different pros and cons of each of them. But the reports are that Wiseman could possibly miss the rest of the season, and it wouldn't be a surprise. This obviously sucks for a lot of reasons. First and foremost, Another setback for Wiseman in a pretty trying season. He didn't get to play a whole bunch in college because of the NCAA. He's missed a little bit of time already this season with a sprained wrist. And in the past couple of games, James Wiseman seemed to be finding his groove a little bit, offensively at least. The pick and roll with him and Steph starting to work. It seemed like Steve Kerr was more comfortable using it. In the two games prior to Wiseman's injury, 31 points on pretty decent shooting, becoming a bigger part of the offense as the Warriors... Try to stay in the playoffs, and that's another part where this is really bad for Golden State. Uh, They're present right now. They don't have a ton of depth. The only other center they've got on the roster is Kavon Looney. Golden State has lost eight of their last 11. They've only got a one-game lead on the Pelicans for 10th in the Western Conference. It's all been on Steph Curry this season once uh, Klay Thompson went down prior to the year. But now he's lost a screener, a guy that can help him get even more open shots and a guy who helps put pressure on the rim, which the Warriors don't always get from their other players. So, yeah, it's bad for Wiseman for now. It's bad for Wiseman in the future because he doesn't get that uh, time to work with Steph Curry to really build that chemistry together. And obviously it's bad for the Warriors to lose a guy who's going to be a big part of their future Probably, and is certainly a big part of their present right now as they try and stay in the playoffs. It was a uh, tough stuff for the Warriors. They did, they did uh, beat the Rockets in that game on Saturday. They lost on Friday as well to the Wizards. Curry had a chance uh, to tie that one up, but 
Ugly stuff for the Warriors. Uh, just It's just a bummer when you see a young player go down. Now we've lost LaMelo, and now we've lost James Wiseman as well so far this season. Hate it in the rookie years. Yeah, hopefully LaMelo will be back. But uh, this one with James Wiseman, as you said, yeah, they, they don't know the timeline, but it sure feels like he'll be out for the season. It just... It, it, it limits their ceiling now because he is a really capable guy and they just don't have a lot of depth, as you said. The guy can score, no doubt, uh, and they were going to him. They were changing their their style of play for him because they knew they didn't have a lot of weapons with Clay Thompson out. Uh, they needed to get the most out of Wiseman, and he was he was you know, starting to pick it up, and uh, that's, that's, that's terrible for them that they, they – they, they knew that they had a good thing in James Wiseman. Uh, and now I just wonder what happens in the offseason. Like, I think they're still too good to just go bye-bye. Like, they should be able to be in the play-in tournament. Uh, uh, but, you know, their ceiling, again, is is kind of limited now um, with, with Wiseman out. I, I just wonder what they what they do in the offseason if they're willing to pull a trigger and trade somebody like James Wiseman. Like you said, maybe he's not part of the future because they don't have a lot of guys that would garner a lot of trade value back. But uh, Wiseman definitely could. And somebody made the comparison. I, I apologize because I don't remember who it was. But in the middle of the Bulls runs, uh, and the Bulls, when the Bulls went and got Dennis Rodman, uh, it, lo- it felt like a crazy move. And, and so uh, some people were making the comparisons to this Warriors run. Like maybe at the end of all this that happened, you know, between you know, 2015 and now 2021, they still want to be in the race. Were they just are they just willing to blow it up, blow up all their young guys, and just go for somebody to to be their Dennis Rodman, to be the guy who's a catalyst? Uh, there's talk about Bradley Beal uh, to to try and get him back, and then you just go crazy with the shooting. I know I'm mm-hmm. getting a little bit ahead of myself, but yeah, Steph, Clay, and, and Bradley Beal. So I, I wonder if they uh, they do that because I think they they would be willing to to go for it. With Steph still on the roster. But, yeah, we're going to get Steph in a play-in game. There's no doubt. Uh, and that's going to be a, a blast. So, hopefully. No doubt? You think yeah. no doubt? They only yeah. got a one-game lead on the Pelicans. I know. I, know. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I would, I would obviously side with Curry as well here just because the guy's so established. But they've really been struggling. And it seemed that their path to making things a little bit easier was going to be this pick and roll with Steph and yep. Wiseman uh, down the stretch this season. And honestly, just saying, Steph, we're doing everything we can to make it as easy as possible for you. I don't think that's going to be very easy to do. I guess maybe it's going to have to be all Draymond, all pick and roll with Draymond and having him uh, be that creator in the short roll like he's been for the past five seasons. But I don't know. This is a blow here for sure. Yep. And, you know, we've already seen Curry miss time with his butt injury. And that set the Warriors back, set him on a bad path. If he picks up another ticky-tacky thing, misses, you know, four games, that could be the difference in a play-in spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Uh, the ticky-tack would be a huge problem. If he's out, yeah, they're yeah. they're likely done. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of just hearken back to the beginning of the, the season when it was all on Steph's shoulders and and he can do it. But, yeah, the, the, Draymond's going to have to hold the ball a little bit more. But I, I think, yeah, we're going to get some some crazy Steph 40s. Uh, these next few weeks before before that play-in tournament happens in about five weeks. Uh, moving on to a team that was the hottest uh, team in the league, but that stopped on Sunday. Came to an abrupt stop. The Denver Nuggets had won eight in a row, and it looked like they were on their way to number nine. But then a historical run happened against them. They were up 14 late in the third. And then the Celtics went on a 40-8 to run to close the game. You don't see that too often. That's how you close out a game. Uh, Nikola Jokic went to the bench late in the third quarter, and then the Celtics went on that run with him sitting down. They tried to bring him back. It wasn't happening. They just couldn't score, so then they sat him down with five minutes left. Uh, and it, no sweat, I don't think, for the Denver Nuggets. They had one eight in a row. No big deal. I guess if there is a worry, it's when Nikola Jokic sits, what are they going to do? Uh, are they going to be able to score enough? But I don't know. I don't think that's a big problem. I don't think he has real conditioning problems. He's just going to have to play a ton when it comes to the playoffs. Michael Porter Jr. did hurt his fingers on a dunk, which is weird <laughs> that it doesn't happen more often. A guy jams yeah. and jams his fingers on the rim. He just, she just shook it off and then had a bad shooting night after. But that 48 run, I don't think it really says a lot about either team. Yeah, the Celtics have won 5-6. We've talked about them seemingly being more connected, but it's just strange uh, seeing that happen in an NBA game uh, that – a team would go on such an extended run after being down uh, double digits. 
you know, you see like a 25 to 5 run, but uh, a monstrous run like that, uh, it doesn't happen too often. It's I, I was strange to see. Do you think that was more Nuggets or more uh, Celtics uh, in that fourth quarter, Trey? Uh, I think it was a mostly on the Nuggets, really. It, to me, it kind of felt like uh, the Nuggets and Jokic just boiling over from weeks of frustration. A 40 to 8 run against one of the best teams in the league who's been playing some of the best basketball in the league. That's just very strange to see exactly like you're saying. Credit to the Celtics for taking advantage, but I don't know. We've heard a lot from Denver recently about the lack of foul calls for Nikola Jokic. The guy gets hacked. He draws a ton of contact. He initiates a ton of contact. He's got an awkward-looking game to begin with where his body is flipping and flopping all around, and he's huge, but he doesn't get a ton of calls. Look at Joel Embiid and Giannis, guys who play... Similar styles, at least uh, paint-based styles, just like Jokic often does. Joel Embiid takes 11 and a half free throws a game. Giannis takes 10 free throws a game. Even James Harden uh, takes seven and a half. Jokic has been taking four free throws per game after the All-Star game, despite the fact that he's a multiple-time All-Star. He's probably in the lead for MVP right now. And the Nuggets are obviously a very good uh, very good team, challenging for a title, but Jokic just seemed like he was on tilt in the second half. He wasn't getting calls. He was slamming the ball down after the Celtics were grabbing offensive rebounds. He was blatantly foul baiting, trying to get something back after thinking he'd been getting hacked. He was not getting those calls, then pouting back. Once it looked like the game was over, he basically gave up and, you know, tried to draw a foul, didn't get back on a five and four. The Nuggets were completely out of it. They've been playing so well, I'm not going to hold it against them, but shout out to the Celtics for taking advantage. That being said, uh, Jokic should get some more calls, but when he doesn't, you know, you can't just completely throw away the game. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's going to be a concern for them in the future, but if you're Denver, you're probably going to stay on the refs for the remainder of the season so that you do get foul calls come playoff time. Uh, and I, I will just add that it did happen in an afternoon game, and I find weird things happen in afternoon games. <laughs> I don't think you can go analytic that you can't go find that in a stat i don't think uh but i it's just the body clocks man nba players there's body clocks they're they're such creatures of habit uh you find weird things happen like on generally in like these one o'clock eastern starts you see teams come out and be lazy and just their shots fall flat the shooting is bad to start games i don't know why i'm blaming this uh on the denver nuggets uh Lack of effort there, but weird stuff happens in afternoon games, and they had won eight in a row, so that's cool. Uh, mm-hmm. They're 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 totally fine. All right, we uh, we'll get to the fish in a second. I, I think I think it's on the line. I think I feel it. I feel it pulling. I think it's coming. <laughs> Was that a bite? Was that a bite? Did you see that? Did you see that little splash? It's coming. Uh, uh, but what do you got, Trey? For do you want to get to the? Uh, no, no, not a fish. No, it's a it's a stick. <laughs> All right, we'll uh, we'll talk fish in a sec, but first let's pay the bills. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's get to our pick'em results brought to you by BetMGM Friday night. Da Bulls 
started smoking hot. Zach Levine had 39 in the first half, but they couldn't pull out the W. Atlanta was able to come back, which was a, a bonkers second half there. Were you watching that game, Trey, or were you uh, in fishing oh, yeah. mode? No, I was watching that game, Tass. I I don't know why I ever watched a Marvel product on a Friday night. This time I watched uh, episode four of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Great episode. But when I watch Marvel on a Friday night, I know the Bulls are going to blow it. Um, and that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Ran out of gas. Zach Levine. A great night. 50 points. Uh, but... Unfortunately, the Bulls wasted it. It was part of a tough weekend for the Bulls. They had that loss against the Timberwolves as well. In fact, the only good thing that happened for the Bulls was today's Tweet of the Night. Mmm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, the big win for the Bulls this weekend didn't come on the basketball court, unfortunately. It came in the Nuntaluna River. That's where I caught this 26-inch rainbow trout after six hours of fly fishing, Tassie. Holy guacamole, that thing is huge. guacamole. You're telling me um, fly fishing, a completely different game to, I guess... It's called regular fishing. I don't know what <laughs> fishing with a reel is called. Nonetheless, uh, great time fishing and freezing. Caught a huge trout to the point that most of the people who have experienced fly fishing are like, you'll probably never catch one this big. So enjoy it while you did. Uh, the fight was awesome. But I posted this and then started looking around in the bedroom and I noticed that this picture looks almost identical to a picture I have on a sticker of a Sasquatch holding a rainbow trout as well. (laughs) I posted this to Twitter along with the Spider-Man meme to which my guy Ziggy Starfox responded by putting the Sasquatch in my Carhartt Bulls hat and having him squat (laughs) down in the river. Nice. Couple of L's for the Bulls this weekend, but one big W for your boy out there on the river. Yeah, big W for that transition into a tweet of the night as well. Nice segue right there. Um, but what is the difference with fly fishing? Like, what what are you doing? What's different? All right, I'm getting uh, some news from Andy B in the stream team. Stream team is the perfect place to be talking fishing right now. Said it's called angler fishing, I guess, if you uh, standard rod and reel. But I don't know. My the, the easiest way I could say it is that I feel with angler fishing, it's all feel. You're uh, you're waiting to feel. Ooh, yeah. uh, you're waiting to feel a fish hit your lure. <laughs> Fly fishing, it was all about sight. Like I had to wait mm. for because I guess the trout bite so fast. Like they bite it and they let it go. They bite it and they let it go. So it pulls down your little bobber like that fast. Boop boop boop. And then you got to be able to set the hook immediately. And I was terrible at it. Like it's a completely different hook set. This is probably super boring fishing stuff. But when you're a bass guy, you're like. Rah! You're trying to like jam that thing out and get it out as fast as you can. When you're fishing for trout, you just want a nice, smooth, quick one. Hold it in. And then like I was just standing there for five minutes holding the pole as hard as I could. And that thing is just trying to swim upstream as hard as it can. And the guide is like, don't do anything. Just take a breath. Let it tire itself out. Let the fish do the work. Whereas Mm, mm. in angler fishing, I'm doing the work. It was an awesome experience. That was uh, Laura got me that as a Christmas gift. It hadn't been the right time. Um, So we finally did it. And I don't know. Uh, you never know with fishing stories. But my guide said it was the biggest <laughs> fish he pulled out of the river in four years. Mm. So I was pretty proud about that. I was like, bigger than the net. Exciting times. Uh, I don't know. Two trophy fish in one year of rededicating myself to fishing. Feeling good. Uh, so that guy remembered 2017. It was September 21st. We pulled a nice fish. It was a foot longer. I like the, the four <laughs> years. I remember four years ago. Uh, but okay. Precisely four years ago, we had a 27-inch fish. Okay, so you had the guy on the line, and and you were pulling back, and you're just supposed to wait for him to get tired. Like, like you're in a tennis match. You just keep putting the ball on the other side. You let yeah. the other the other person make the air. But what if the fish decided? I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm just gonna sit here, like I'm hooked. Uh, can can he? Can the fish wait out? Outweigh the the fisherman? Um, <laughs> my guess would be yes, because that was not the first fish I had on the line, and both times prior, like I blew it, like I had it, and we're talking like the fish is maybe like two or three feet away from me. It's in two or three feet of water, so I can I can see it right there. I'm like. Should I just grab this thing? Should I just grab it? But no, apparently you don't. You got to wait till they tire themselves out because they're such 
big, strong swimmers. They're like, uh, you know, like a freshwater salmon. Uh, so yeah, I mean, five minutes of a fight felt like a big fight to me. I was, uh, my body was exhausted at the end of the day. I was tired on Sunday. <laughs> that's no a long time. Of, yeah. That's um, like, a, that's like an MMA round right there. You went like, that's, that's a full, yeah, yeah. full yeah, round. That's right. Um, and I was, uh, so yeah, I was, uh, I was exhausted, but I don't know. I also had one on that like jumped out of the water and that's like a thing, you know, some rainbow trout do as well as they get aerial and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I didn't see it at first. Like, I, I set the hook. I knew it. I saw the thing pop. I set the hook. And then it was on. And then I could see it from probably 10 or 15 away. And I was like, whoa! And at this point, I hadn't had a bite for, like, probably two hours. I was like, I can't, I can't blow this one. I can't botch this. I will be so mad if I get, you know, three fish on that would be nice fish to have. And then finally get the biggest one and blow it. But... Luckily, we got it in. I'm still celebrating to this day. <laughs> and how long did you say it was? 26 inches, probably oh. like 10 pounds. Yeah. Wow. And you also said you caught a mermaid. Did you say you caught Ariel? There's. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, I've actually been watching a lot of the under the sea uh, performance from Little Mermaid recently. I didn't even know they had bass in there. The bass play the brass. Oh yeah, you'd love oh, to. Yeah. yeah, and then they did the uh, the live production, and Shaggy was uh, Sebastian. Really? Yeah, it wasn't good. I gotta though. find it. Oh, nah, no, it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now we'll get to uh, to pick them. So yeah, Trey, Lee, and Skeets all picked doubles on Friday. I snuck in a, a Hawks win there. So uh, Skeets is behind. He's trailing by a few games. Trey's still in the lead. The pick tonight: Philadelphia at Dallas. Dallas. Plus three and a half at home. They're on a back-to-back. They lost to the Spurs in DeMar DeRozan's game winner yesterday. Philly should have Embiid in the lineup. They should be full strength. So Dallas getting three and a half at home. Skeet sent in his pick. He likes Dallas. Uh, Lee, um, unsurprisingly, did not send in his pick. He just said, hey, J.D., you make the picks for me. So, uh, J.D., (laughs) what do you got for Lee? Philly or Dallas? Um, well, Luca had two whoopsies this week. We posted that over the weekend. So he, he had two whoopsies. Plus, he tied up the game yesterday against the Spurs and then lost with DeMar's game winner. So I'm going to go Dallas. I think that the MVP is coming out to play tonight. All so. right. All right. We got two, uh, two picks for Dallas, and hopefully you're as successful as you were for Trey when he wasn't around, when you went 5-0. We'll oh. Yeah, 5-0 and oh for Trey, so we'll see for Lee. I think I might go 0-5 oh this time. Who knows? <laughs> Change up. Uh, Trey, what do you got? Well, I want to pick the 76ers uh, because of Embiid. I think he'll have a massive game if he plays. But now hearing JD picking Dallas, I feel like I might be botching things here. (laughs) Nonetheless, give me Philly. I'm going to stick with my pick. Only uh, out of fairness to Lee, he gets the mastery of JD this week. (laughs) Mm, Okay. Yeah, I don't know what to do here. I'll take Philly, I think, as well. Uh, the back-to-back thing for Porzingis, not a, not a good look to me, although he did it last week, but that was with a couple days rest on the other side. So I think I think Philly has the advantage there, even if Porzingis does play. So Philly at Dallas, plus three and a half. We're splitsville there. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Skeets will be back tomorrow to join the show. Um, that's it for us today. Anything to add, anybody? Got anything to add before we see our... Uh, See our old friends. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, I was very happy that uh, that uh, Trey brought up uh, Alex Rodriguez, the uh, our dentist. Oh, there he is. <laughs> there he is. He's a great guy, great dentist, Edmund Park Dentistry. Shout out to them and congratulations on purchasing the uh, the Timberwolves. <laughs> what what was he being interviewed for? Because I would. I would, <laughs> Great question. I have no idea. Yeah, we were watching. If you're on YouTube, you're seeing him in a uh, a news report. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fox Five interviewing him. Always a worry for me if if somebody who services my teeth or or tends to my teeth is being interviewed or somebody you know in that field at all. I mean, maybe it's just expert opinion. Maybe people's teeth have been falling out recently. Let's go mm. to the local dentist in Inman Park. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So you just found him on the internet. Just, uh, just found this, uh, you know, maybe it was a special report on gingivitis or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You never know. 
Yeah. Maybe they're asking him about Alex Rodriguez buying the Timberwolves. <laughs> we asked every Alex Rodriguez we know what they think. <laughs> Great for us. All right. Awesome. Okay, before we go, we got to see our old friends. Take it away, Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. All right, thanks for joining us. I got a quote here, Trey. I was, I was prepared no matter which way we went. So <laughs> thanks for joining us. And remember, if you're already reusing photos for National Siblings Day, maybe you got to take some new photos with your siblings. Embrace the day, people. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who was going to say As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.